0: Louder!
1: Welcome, wrestling fans, for the very, very first episode of Next Evolution. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... Travis Lasseter. And on this podcast, guys, we are going to watch the rise and the demise of the black and gold brand. Travis, when did you get into NXT?
0: I actually remember watching uh, some of the previous NXT before NXT became NXT, Um, but I can remember when I first started watching it was it's probably a good two or three months after it started just being the developmental brand. Cause it started getting some buzz and stuff. And, uh, I hadn't heard of a lot of the guys that were in NXT or FCW at the time, you know, I heard about Brian Danielson and things like that. And when he came over from, uh, into the NXT show, I mean, he was probably the highlight of that whole first run of NXT, but I can remember the first time I really first memory of me watching NXT was, a. A face off with CM Punk and Seth Rollins, um, when they were both their respective champions, which was what, sometime? It it shows
1: up, I think, yeah. in like August of this of this yeah, year that we, we start following.
0: Like, yeah, I think so. I mean right, I think it was right when Punk turned heel. Yeah, I can remember that and then I remember Biggie's five count was a big thing, and I remember the shield showing up in NXT towards the end of the year. With the, um, I think Seth
1: was still a champ Still champ, so
0: he had to lose. He ends up losing it to Big E. Spoiler alert, guys. Big E Langston, he hadn't dropped the Langston yet. The, the whole thought process behind this podcast is we both
1: love the NXT brand so much, and we're going to go back and kind of look at its beginnings of seeing the black and gold brand become this... Developmental deal to pretty much being the third legit brand.
0: You could almost argue that one of the top brands of WWE. It was at the time. Like I mean, you had all the indie buzz of people coming in, like uh eventually Kevin Owens and you know, Sami Zayn. He drops the El Generico and comes in as Sami Zayn. I mean, people from different parts of the world I'd never heard of. I'd never heard of Pac or however you say his name, Pac-Pac, which, I mean, they can't make up their mind on AEW, how you want to say it. But uh, uh, when he came in as Adrian Neville, he was a fucking star right off the bat. Like, I mean, he was, like, he just, (laughs) I know the the analogy was Vince McMahon wanted a Mighty Mouse, but the dude was ripped. He, like, he was athletic. He was, he could wrestle. Like, I mean, he was, he was great. Um, Then you had people like Corey Graves, who I'd never heard of coming in, uh, definitely look the part of a professional wrestler with all the tattoos and stuff. And it's just, it's weird seeing how he, how he met, metamorphosizes in because in the first couple episodes, he's tagging with uh Jake Carter, which is Vader's uh, Vader son, Vader's son, yeah. who looks exactly like the Miz a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be cool to see some of our favorites of the day, how they, they came up because. Uh, If you really watch the early days of NXT, it it feels like a developmental brand because they bring in stars from... It reminds me of old way they used to do OVW. They'd bring in a top name to be the main event of the show, and then they'd go away, and the undercard would be your developmental wrestlers. Like, um, on our first episode we're doing here, the main event is Tyson Kidd versus Michael McGillicuddy, which may not sound like a big deal now, but Michael McGillicuddy's coming off of... uh, the Nexus run, yeah, with uh, um, with Punk and everybody, and, and Barrett, and then you also have Tyson Kidd coming off the the Heart Dynasty with D.H. Uh, Smith, and Who so had he, been released yeah, by then because he was just kind of, I not want to say floundering, but he really didn't have a spot. Like picture like the main events or main event or superstars main event. That was what they were doing as the main event of the beginning of NXT. And then NXT takes off and becomes its own. It was kind of
1: giving some undercard guys uh, a platform to go out there and work in front of a crowd uh, and and put on 15 minute matches that they might not get to do, you know, on main event, maybe five minutes, you know, four minute matches on, on raw or main event. Uh, But you were talking about the, the Nexus, it kind of goes all with the roots of NXT. Mm-hmm. NXT was formed in 2010 following the end of the ECW brand, the WWE ECW brand. Sci fi, baby. It was so good. Uh, on February 2nd, 2010, Vince McMahon introduced a new weekly program that would replace the canceled ECW in its time slot on Sci Fi Network. Vince described the show as the next evolution of WWE, the next evolution of television history. Yeah, okay. Trash. In its original format from 2010 to 2012, the series was a seasonally broadcast competition series that was filled in large venues. Typically, it was filmed before SmackDown tapings Mm -hmm. would take place.
0: It just kind of took ECW's spot. Yes. Essentially.
1: NXT rookies were paired with WWE pros with the pairs competing in challenges until one sole winner remained. Travis, the lunacy of the shit they made these guys do.
0: Man, the whole first season of NXT was just to get Michael Cole over. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but essentially, he was pushed as a heel character on there against Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. he changed the name Daniel Bryan. I mean, they had, like, keg runs and jousting. There, were, and there like, was that one where, like, they had to chug
1: soda. They had to chug soda. Sell
0: programs. It, it, was, was, stupid. it was stupid, stupid shit. Stu- stupid stuff. And then they would they'd give him a word, and they had to cut a promo, which is right out of Vince McMahon's promo class, which... I mean, some of the stuff. I mean, freaking. I what was it? Uh, they gave Wade Barrett wind, and that's where he came up with like the winds of change, which then that became one of his uh, signature moves later on. But like Wade Barrett was really a high spot. Daniel Daniel Bryan was a high spot.
1: But yeah, the very first episode of the of this format of NXT was Chris Jericho, and he was world heavyweight champion against. Daniel Bryan. Who's uh,
0: the whole Miz-Daniel Bryan feud Dude. comes from this. So the first season of NXT is, like, we're talking about it. Like, if they had took away the competition, like, bullshit part of it, like, you know, like the, let's do a keg run where Titus O'Neil almost killed himself, and then, like, all that stuff, and just focus more on the wrestling, I think it would have been better received. And if you have took Michael Cole out of it calling – Daniel Bryan, a nerd every three minutes when he's on every 30 seconds when he's on TV screen. I mean, it could have been it could have been better, but I could just tell when you watch those old shows, when you sit there and watch the the pros up there on the the ramp, they hate their lives. They don't want to be there because they're just sitting there watching matches, essentially, and have no part on the show. So they're like, I remember CM Punk just sitting there with his friggin uh, hoodie over his head because he didn't care. And his wasn't his his uh rookie was Darren Young, and then they tried to bring him into the uh Straight Edge Society, but he was like a partier or something on the show. It so was that, something it, like that. Yeah,
1: it was. Didn't it makes
0: sense. It, really it was ridiculous at
1: all. stuff. Um kind of some of the notable talent that came through the first couple seasons. It's four seasons. Uh the Nexus. So you had Wade Barrett, Darren Young, Michael Tarver, uh, David Otunga, Daniel Bryan, who actually gets nixed for choking Justin Roberts with his title On the
0: whole Nexus angle. Uh, Skip Sheffield, yip, yip, yip.
1: And Ryback,
0: you suck. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I hope you block me on your other two Twitter accounts. Uh, kind of getting past the, the Nexus,
1: but you had Caval, who was low-key. Michael McGillicuddy, who's Curtis Axel. Alex Riley, Husky Harris, a.k.a. Bray Ray Wyatt. Wyatt. Titus O'Neil, Caitlin, Naomi. AJ Lee, Johnny Curtis, a.k.a. Fandango, Dirty, dirty Dango. Dango. Shout out to Johnny Curtis. Uh, Brodus Clay, who is a terrible wrestler Tyrus. in the NWA. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. He does not deserve to have any kind of title. He, he should be a, a mouthpiece for somebody.
0: Derek Bateman. Good old EC3, controlling his narrative now. But back then, he was like weird frat boy, Derek Bateman, which was him and Johnny Curtis are the highlights of NXT redemption is what they end up calling it. And it just, they pretty much stopped stop the competition and show also and it just becomes the, a show.
1: The, the Daniel Bryan, uh, Derek Bateman stuff they were doing on the show, yep.
0: fucking hilarious. And Caitlin was on there, uh, like as a love interest of Dirty Dango, and she's like a love triangle with Bateman and him, and it was it was hilarious because if you've never seen Johnny Curtis like walk out of a bathroom and then <laughs> just like not wash his hands and like he Derek Bateman walks in there and he's just standing there. He's not standing facing the toilet, he's standing facing the the side of the toilet and he just keeps asking what he's doing. He's like, "I'm in my office. Yeah. I'm in my office." <laughs> Which is funny cuz just being around him that's actually really his personality and he's a funny guy. Well, and Maxine was on there who she went on to be in Lucha Underground as um she's like a main person on Lucha Underground. Uh but I can't. Her name escapes me right now. But there, there's a By- lot of branches. Byron Saxton, who
1: still does commentary, Jerry? and Connor of the Ascension. Connor of the Ascension. Um, there's a few. There's other. There's other ones too. But those was, are the most notable. Was ones. Luchasaurus on there? He was in FCW oh, and, and, no. and also on NXT. So I, I, I'm, I don't know if we get him yet. I know
0: in the episodes we've started already. He's not on. There. I I remember I started watching this a little while ago and I just never finished it. Because I was just like, I was trying to get to this part of NXT, but I just kind of wanted to see how it went. Eli Cottonwood was terrible. He was not good. In size, he, that was it. He kind of could have pulled off a Waylon Mercy gimmick, but he just did not have the charisma the charisma or the, like, the promo skills to do it. Um, you, you were actually speaking about
1: the NXT Redemption. NXT Redemption began on March of 2011. The show's competition format was gradually and quietly forgotten about, although it was never officially dropped. They just they just stopped doing
0: it, like you were saying. Yeah, the they Pro brought, brought back all the people that had lost from previous seasons, kind of, and then it just kind of turned into a superstars, which was it season three or season four was all women? Four. four. Or three. Three, three, three years Because yes. that's when Caitlyn wins, and AJ and her start their frenemy kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, the pros ceased to appear, and NXT Redemption morphed into its own entity, featuring storylines, matches, involving long-tenured lower-card performers such as Tyson Kidd, JTG, Trent Beretta, Caitlin, Johnny Curtis, AJ Lee, Kurt Hawkins, and Michael McGillicuddy. Kerr Hawkins and Tyler
0: Rex had a heck of a run as, like, a heel tag team on there. They did. They, um, and
1: actually, they got some matches on Superstars and SmackDown as well during that time. Which,
0: Tyler Rex now, if you have never, haven't never have seen him now. He like, is transitioned to yes, a woman. Yeah. It, it, it's good for him, but it was like. I hadn't out, of it, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I hadn't yeah. seen anything about it, and there's just like, boom. I was like, oh, my God. But Tyler Rex, I thought he was money. And then they just kind of got dropped. He came in muscular, beating everybody down on SmackDown, and then it just went away.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't
0: know if he was just issues backstage or what. He had a great look. Um, yeah. Huge fan of Kurt Hawkins too, because he was. He's he's a he's a really good worker. He just I don't know. He just never got the the break. I think I think problem with Curt Hawkins is he he looks just like
1: a normal wrestler. Yeah. There's nothing. Not saying he's not a great wrestler, but he just he looks nothing out of the ordinary. I guess what I'm saying. No no disrespect.
0: Which he's found himself more now in Impact and stuff like that on the Indies than I feel like he ever did in WWE.
1: The final episode of NXT Redemption aired on June 13th after the show ended with no conclusion with a new NXT advertised the following week. In total, NXT Redemption ran for over a year and
0: 67 episodes. Yeah, they never tied up any of the storylines. Like The only storyline, I think, that continues from NXT Redemption to the new NXT is is Johnny Curtis and Derek Bateman because they were the most entertaining thing on NXT Redemption. But... Derek Bateman gets eat up by the Full sale crowd. Like, oh, yeah. They don't, they don't like Derek Bateman.
1: Well, the funny thing is, when I was researching this, there was a sixth season that was proposed. Also, I believe they already shot all the promo shit for it. Yep. Uh, it was going to be under its original format. The season was supposed to star Big E, Seth Rollins, Damian
0: Sandow, Sin Cara, Bo Dallas, and Leo Kruger as the season's rookies. Yep. And you, if you go back now knowing what we know now, some of the, the, the sizzle reels for these wrestlers is the stuff, stuff. from that. Bo Dallas especially when we uh, start watching Leo this. Kruger uh, as well. Cause I think I watched into the third episode. But, um, yeah, it's either the FCW um, documentary they do on the WWE yeah. Network or it's Big story. Might be that, both. I that, think Big
1: that, E's it specifically shows. They the showed
0: footage. that he was supposed to be on NXT, but like they showed the lineup. And Damian Sandow had like his hair down and all that stuff. And Leo Kruger wasn't Adam Leo, Rose yet. Adam Rose yet. And he didn't have the South African accent either. Because in the promo videos you see in the first few episodes of NXT, he just sounds like a normal guy. He's trying to find a character, man. Mm-hmm. In June of
1: uh, 2012 the all rookie competition was abandoned. William Regal would also take over as the authority figure and match coordinator, which goes to show you why the quality starts to, to rise from the beginning. The same month of June twenty twelve, WWE ceased operating FCW and began running all of all of its developmental events and operations at a full cell university under the name NXT. Mm-hmm. The television show would be revamped that that same month to focus exclusively on developmental talent, which is ironic because that's what they're actually doing now. NXT kind of the black and gold brand became this bigger thing than what it originally was kind of the concept of. Um, so the first four episodes under the new format were all taped at full sale on May 17th. The first episodes of NXT would only appear on WWE.com and YouTube, and I did not know that. I thought oh, they always no. had a deal with Hulu. with Hulu, because when I remember watching NXT, I actually remember watching it on Hulu. So yeah. when that, when that pops up, we'll, we'll
0: mention that. When we first lived together back in the day, that was the only reason we had Hulu, Yep, really, was for that and... Was it South Park reruns, or like I, I think South Park came on the day after it, it aired. I think it's right, but um, they they also did like some test episodes of NXT because um, Xavier Woods apparently had one of the first matches when they tested this stuff out. Um, that's in one of the docs too. Like I think him and Big E wrestled, uh, but that's like a lost match. They were just kind of testing out the sound and the ring and all this other stuff before the shows actually started.
1: Yeah. Uh, Funny thing is, I was actually in Florida when this first happened. Um, So I actually was able to catch an FCW show, one of the last FCW shows. I had to look up the results because I couldn't remember everything. But it was in Punta Gorda, Florida. And it was on June 8th. Here was the matches that I got. Richie Steamboat versus Bray Wyatt. Aiden English and Mike Dalton versus Brad Maddox and Byron Saxton. Eric Rowan versus Dante Dash. Jason Jordan versus Leo Krueger. The FCW Tag Champions of Corey Graves and Jake Carter defeating CJ Parker and Cassius Ono. Dean Ambrose defeats Luke Harper, which is fucking wild that I got that match and didn't really, you know, really fully realize it. what I was getting in front of me. And then the main event was a four-way elimination match um, between Seth Rollins, Big E, Bo Dallas, and Rick Victor, who was part of the
0: Ascension. Is he not? He's not yet, though, right? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. He, he becomes a part of the ascension, trained like, by Lance Storm. One of our big things is, you know, I kind of want to go
1: into this with what our intentions are with this podcast. You know, with us having a love of the Black and Gold brand, was the Black and Gold brand successful in making new stars? Is what I want to get out of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like if you sit back and think about it being a fan of NXT's kind of since its inception of what it became, there were stars that were so hot in NXT. Like I thought they were going to be money on the main roster and then they didn't make it. And then there's other ones that they were just kind of middle of the card. NXT didn't do a whole lot to get called up and they become champion like Carmella. She, she found herself on the main roster and she stuck around for a while. Um, Corey Graves, he may not be a wrestler anymore, but like I thought, he was money until oh, he got his his concussions. concussions. But then he became money behind the the ring announcer's desk. Uh, I'm not ring announcer desk, commentary desk, and I mean, I thought I think he still does a great job. I know everybody was high on him again with, but it's like everything now. you get too much of something, your people's minds start to change. But like he took the ball and ran with it. It was either you don't have a job anymore or you start learning how to do commentary because we're not going to let you hurt yourself. And I I think he's a shining star that came out of NXT in a different way than he started. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really excited just to see some of these guys before they are actually stars. Um, their progression, like
0: Becky Lynch. I know that's way down the line Oh, here, yeah, her but,
1: Irish little dance. And,
0: and it's like, what the fuck is this? Started out as the, with the Irish jig and like coming out to... The, just, do 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 yeah, do 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 just do do doing the, do 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 you know, the do 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 typical, do do. sorry to say, racist, racist, Ray, racist Irish gimmick. Yeah. Racist yeah. Irish gimmick. And then you had Neville, who, like, he went from being the star of NXT to the star of the cruiserweight division. And then he just didn't want to be in WWE anymore, which I can get it. But then he's, and you now he's in the AEW, where he's just kind of middle of the road. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to examine some of these guys as we go along, because some of them, they vanish forever and then some of them become future Hall of Famers so it's, it's great to go back and look at some of this stuff
1: before we officially get rolling into to the very first episode we're going to take a short little break guys and we'll be right back with you oh hello do you know about Project Louder well let me tell you Project Louder is home to 16 of the finest podcasts a nerd could possibly procure they have a show for everyone whether you're into horror films, modeling comics, 90s kid shows, or that weird tentacle filled subgenre you search for at 3 in the morning. So head on over to projectlouder.net
2: and treat yourself to something truly exquisite. We believe the mat is sacred, honor is real, and everything is discussed. Under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Piers Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in a segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our win series, which just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page, at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D. For all updates... Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right, because we are the Wrestling Purists. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. And we're back.
0: Gosh darn, those sponsors. I know, no, man. De- <laughs> definitely
1: definitely have to check some of those out. Looking into getting more sponsors for this podcast, you guys. Uh, this is going to be a passion project, but I also want us to make a little bit of money. So I'm really excited about potentially getting more sponsors on here. Taste Taste Spring. Give me a promo code. Fuck. <laughs> so, guys, the very first episode we're going to watch, it's actually going to be the very first episode of the brand new NXT that they are speaking of. It is June 20th, 2012. It is going to be... Season six, episode one on the Peacock app. Um, we're basically gonna do it like our, our friends over at Wrestling Ruin. Hey, that's us. That is us. And I'll say three, two, one, play, uh, and we'll kinda get rolling. Three, two, one, play. play.
0: I kinda miss this old entrance. What do you think? I, I think it's intro it's, it's pretty cool. Like I, I like the fact that they throw gorgeous George in there and stuff, and then like the WrestleMania. There's but, a lot of iconic moments when you when you think about it. Oh yeah, like some other, and then when I mean, you mark make, Henry. Then when you make WWE <laughs> mad, they just take you out. It's no big deal. It's right in the middle of the Cena era because he's the last one you see. Yeah. But like this opening promo package really just gives you that boost to NXT. Like, look, here's all the stars that are here now. We're looking for the next crop of these guys. Yeah, they is, they say that NXT is the gateway to the future. Which it's it's cool seeing all these guys because. This right here is my childhood, the boyhood, boyhood dream. Uh, Stone Cold, Stone, Stone Cold, Cold. Yeah. It, it's pretty cool. You see all these things. You see like
1: I'm trying to see like people. I am mean, there's Ray Mysterio here. Uh, there's Kane. Kane doing a choke
0: slam. It a little like he later, he had yeah, took the choke slam. But like I mean, it talks about what in it, they what they envision NXT to be. Which to me, it's still weird seeing that old scratch logo in the X. Yep. eventually they take that out and NXT become kind of becomes its own thing, and they, they start showing clips. All of this
1: is clips from like you saw. I think they show Xavier Woods where you were talking about that clip uh, of them of him having the very first match. They kind of right there Xavier yep. Woods. It's weird always seeing the WWE HD in the in the in the uh, corner yeah, cause cause they started doing that and then they just did away with it finally
0: because HD just became the thing but like they were innovators with that yeah. though I'll, I'll give them that they were they I remember were, how big a deal that was too cuz they had to buy all these new cameras new and
1: entrances. All that stuff. dude this intro is fucking awesome I, I love the uh, the band that does the intro on which you heard at the very beginning of this podcast is coheed and cambria uh it's welcome home fucking awesome band they got some good shit out there this intro is badass though. look at all these stars man that end up going to be these big things and there's Summer Rae. And that's Summer Rae, who's <laughs> a ring
0: announcer technically at this point it's also funny too, because like all the highlights they just showed starting out this show are clips from, these from or clips from these tapings. Like that's, and you just saw a Del Rio sign, which the less said about Del Rio, the better. Who wants to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Which will never happen. Never happened. Funny thing is here too. William Regal's cutting this like voiceover, kind of talking about different things. It is so bad. And yeah, it, it sounds awful. Which they're still working the kinks out, but you'll hear that even more like with JR and stuff later on. Like in this you episode, it's, it's not in the arena. In this episode, there's
1: something JR does that's really noticeable, and it drives me nuts. And when we get to, I'll, I'll bring it up. But this this is pretty cool. Like the whole setup at Full Sail. We've been to Full Sail. We, mm-hmm. we we were at the Cruiserweight Classic, which I'm excited to get to that part. We may even do the
0: Cruiserweight Classic,
1: like the actual yeah.
0: final, the uh, semifinals and finale. It is weird seeing Jr. on NXT though. A
1: little bit because.
0: He, he used to just, what, he came in and do the main events on FCW or something? Like, he didn't do the whole shows? No, I believe Dusty was one of the main guy. I think Dusty yeah. and William Regal were the and ones that Byron did And then Byron Saxton yeah. would come in. But JR later on just comes in for the main events of the show. That's what it is. Like, he, he doesn't do the whole show, but he does the whole show here for these first tapings, pretty and we, much. we get the first interim GM, and it
1: is the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, if you will. If you will, baby. If you will. Oh, man, shout out to Cody Rhodes and that heroic fucking match you have with uh uh torn Tech. god great match man. Great, great match by the way great match and uh He's kinda, just a come it all kind of ties into this because you know he he faced off against Seth Rollins which I think it could be argued Seth Rollins is
0: one of the best wrestlers in the world i, I think agree. it's hard to argue yeah and like the thing of it is he he got his his WWE start right here in the first few ex- episodes of NXT, and like yeah, we
1: get a little uh, highlight special, getting them all hyped up for
0: the the first uh,
1: the Cause next episode. Because it's
0: crazy too that they bring Dusty into their feud and like you know the Dusty's kids thing because he's one of the trainers in NXT. But like Seth Rollins wearing the polka dots a Hell in a Cell and different things like that they keep the spirit of Dusty Rhodes alive. Which it it's to me. The authority figure became less and less of a thing in NXT until, like, they gave it, you know, officially to Regal. Because there's stretches. You don't see Dusty Rhodes for probably two, two and a half months or so. But it's cool seeing old Dusty Rhodes here. And we're getting a highlight package right now of
1: Bo Dallas. The ironic thing, I'm, I'm, I was looking at my phone looking at the calendar. Yeah. This is almost exactly 10 years to the day that they aired this first episode. Is that not fucking wild? That is
0: wild. Bo Dallas turned into something completely that he's not here. But the thing I hate about Bo Dallas the most in this whole little promo, because they're building him up like. Kendall Wyndham, Barry Wyndham, you know IRS, who's sweaty, and then you have a uh, Blackjack Mulligan. Is he talks about his smile? Like, yes. Like, oh, I have the smile, and then even Jr. says it later. I hate that he has the most generic
1: baby face. Like, if anything, it makes me hate him of how baby faced he is here. But this is the the stuff we were talking about that they were going to use for the NXT show. The show is
0: this little package here, and it makes sense. Because they even have the like the WWE dot com thing on the side. Like these are the interviews they did in the first few seasons of NXT. How they had them set up. Yep. So like this this is your welcome packages, and they use them for pretty much everyone. I don't know if they use Sandow's because he's a heel. Like all the faces and stuff they kind of use here to begin with.
1: He says a smile that shines for miles, a fist that breaks bricks, and a chin that don't give in. Yeah, I'm done. Fucking stupid. He looks he looks cool.
0: I mean, he looks pretty cool. I am very surprised they didn't have him and uh, Bray team up together. I guess they were just trying to keep them as far apart, which they never did at any time in their career. There's all Rick Victor being a uh, jobber right off the bat. <laughs> Rick Victor, guys, uh, it's
1: wild. He was actually trained through the Heart Dungeon and, mm-hmm. and Lance Storm, mm-hmm. which is fucking wild to think of. He'll go on to be part of the Ascension, probably one of the the biggest tag teams at the time in NXT for for quite a while with the um, run they have with tag titles after uh, they defeat uh, who do they defeat? Did they did they
0: defeat? They beat do they beat Neville and uh, Corey Graves? They may, I, I believe so. May, maybe I cannot remember off the top of my head, but this Bo Dallas is before
1: Bo leave. Doesn't so. Bo not? I don't. I want to say it's this next year's Rumble. Does he not work the Rumble? I think he he is like a surprise entrant, but like he's like a popcorn fart. Like, well, I mean, no to one that, knows to that point. NXT is. it's only on WWE.com and YouTube. There's no where we said
0: wrap right over there. Round right the corner, where Landry was wet from uh, <laughs> Marcus Wills. Yeah, I was super wet too from being out in the rain. But I I do like that they later in NXT they change. The uh, the, where the um commentary is, because right then you could just see em. see them up there. It's kind of like the old,
1: oh, the raw oh, like two thousand two mm-hmm.
0: style. Uh, Jim Ross says he's young, he's single. About Bo Dallas, yes, he does throw the single line in, which I guess back in the eighties and would have meant something. Would have meant something, but at this point, no one really cares Look about at that. Rick Victor's Velveteen Dream gear here. Also, thumbs up to Bo Dallas now because he is very not single and dating Liv Morgan. So good for him. Yeah, it, that's another one that we were talking about that kind of was nothing in NXT and has kind of found herself on the main roster Absolutely. as a Liv Morgan. Because she was, what, the 205 or something? The jersey? Well, she like was with,
1: she was actually dating Enzo, yeah, so there's we, that. We saw but I've that also out. heard that she was she has dated Tyler Bate as well. So, good for Bo Dallas. She's just a girl trying to find love, man. Jim Ross continuously fumbles with his headset this whole fucking, like, match. Like, I don't know if he can't just figure it out where his
0: well, look, with just, his hat on. Well, about... Probably thirty seconds before we said you said that, there was a tech that comes up there and tries to adjust his headset and stuff. Like walks up behind
1: yeah. him, you can see him up there still fumbling with it. it it's very distracting because you keep hearing the mic grow, like off his fucking face. We didn't mention it too, man. Jim Ross looks so fucking healthy here. I mean, it is ten you know. years ago, but he he looked very healthy here. And I know his wife hadn't passed away um, yet, and
0: so I mean <laughs> he's in great health there. I'm sorry, but I gotta point out Rick Victor's uh, velvet tights here, or like. That's why I said the very weird. Velveteen Dreamish. Got the V on it and everything. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I was thinking about that. I was like, wonder what if, that... he, wonder if he gave his old tights to the Velveteen Dream? Use them. That's probably why he always wore this, the other airbrush. He's like, I'm not wearing these fucking. Which Rick Victor, like, he was a pretty pretty dang good worker. Fucking nice power slam by Bo Dallas, even yep. though he almost dropped Victor on his head. You will see Victor, Rick Victor here a lot more later on in, in this. They
1: do mention that Bo actually split his kidney before, so that's wild. His finishes the spear, and I hate that generic I hate it. face. I don't like it.
0: Oh no! He wins his first match here on NXT. The very first match
1: at NXT, though, Bo Dallas goes over Rick Victor. They uh, you actually get to see an interview here in just a second, and it's oh. it's Bradley Pierce, oh. it who's Dolph Ziggler's brother. And it's so obvious how like similar they look. Is he not wrestling in
0: AEW right now as well? He is. He is uh, wrestling. As I can't, I know his last name's Nemeth, but I can't remember what his first name is. It's is it Ryan? Uh, yes, Ryan, Ryan Nemeth. Nemeth. Yeah, which. To me, like from the what they used to say is he was really, really good, but like I think being he was shorter than Bo Dallas, which didn't help him. But I think also being Dolph Ziggler's brother probably didn't. L- help. Look at him, and He
1: he looks just like Dolph, and I wonder if that's why they keep cutting the camera this way too, because
0: uh, you get right. I mean, look at him. He looks just like Dolph. I wonder if they were going to do something with them together. Because remember that one time Dolph dyes his hair brown and cuts it, cuts it really real, short, cuts it really short. 'Cause like they could pass for I mean Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. But like he just wasn't as big as Dolph, but like apparently he was really good in the ring, but he just never got the shot to do anything. This I mean is, he could have been in the spirit squad, I don't know. I can't.
1: This is the worst fucking babyface promo. You could tell that he just threw some clip in there to make the crowd seem so like, Oh
0: yeah, it's good. Which Yay. I hate those crowd cuts that mean nothing pretty much. And here we go. Here's uh Seth Rollins' NXT Uh, whatever season it was supposed to be promo six, I believe season six, and it's wild to
1: think this is the Seth Rollins that we end up getting. How different he looks now, and this is literally Tyler Black. This he's still Tyler Black here. He has a neck beard that fucking drives me nuts. I hate that shit.
0: It looks his his promo here isn't good either. No, well he's still trying to find himself as well. Which for him to be ROH World Champion and stuff, and then coming here, which I guess he's trying to cut like a baby face, get behind me promo here. For the fans, it's wild because he used to wear all these like rock band shirts and shit like like I Prevail and shit like that. That there's one outfit and they showed it here like the all gold one. I think it was just one they showed. Actually becomes an elite figure yep. for the NXT line. That's the one I had. Actually sold it to our buddy, good buddy Eric. It's actually a pretty cool one. His hair looks really short there for some reason in that promo. He could have took the sunglasses off as a wife beater though. And we get we ain't uh, talking about uh... <laughs> Kenneth Cameron. We got a highlight or a
1: a promo here for Damian Sandow, who has, I believe he's just about to debut or he had just debuted on SmackDown, which he kind of passed by all of this. We just saw him at the Uh, NWA show.
0: show and he almost
1: died. Yeah, that was scary. We'll um, talk about that here in a second. Antonio Cesaro. This is when he's with, I believe, with Oksana. Oksana. He's oh. dangerous, dude. He came in out of nowhere too. Like they, dangerous. they, brought, they brought him up for and like and like no reason. He's a
0: seductive presence, everyone. I can't. I can't he's my lover. Is he a U.S. champion yet? I cannot remember. He has not become U.S. champion yet because he brings the belt to NXT when he is NXT. Yes. when he's champion, but like. He still has the Antonio in front of it, but man, this guy, even now, is fucking money to me. Like, how he has not been, especially when WWE had two world titles, how was he not world heavyweight champion? At least a, a
1: fucking, like, a main event feud. Him, I mean, him
0: and Rollins had a great
1: match at WrestleMania yeah. uh, last and he, year. That's when he did the fucking spin with him and everything. Mm-hmm. It was really,
0: not the not the leg spin, but like the, the this, one where he puts him on his shoulders. This man is money. He just... He, he was too good at his gimmick, if that makes any sense, that I don't think people could take him serious as a world title contender. And they killed him when they took money in the bank yes, away from him. The, he, he actually... So, he, could have been, he could have been champ. We're, the, the match we're supposed to get here
1: is Damian Sandow versus Jason Jordan. match never starts because Sandow's like, I'm not wrestling this jobber,
0: basically. Pretty much the It's Jason Jordan. It's so fucking wild. That's Kurt Angle's son. Who is... I was at that uh, Raw and he got revealed as Kurt Angle's son, which was in Nashville. Fun fact. Um, here's the other, here's another funny thing about this, which is crazy. Jason Jordan has was in NXT from his inception, and he didn't really ever get over until, until Chad until, Gable. Until Chad Gable. Well, he he
1: was actually teaming
0: with, with Ty, Ty Dillinger, Diliger. and they
1: had matching gear because I remember that. Yep. And they were actually getting over, but I think Ty got hurt. Ty got hurt,
0: and then he when he came back, they split him up, and Ty turned heel. Yep. And uh, he became the perfect ten. So we were talking about how these these episodes here
1: they were recorded on May seventeenth, May twenty fifth edition of SmackDown of twenty twelve. Damian Sandow debuted against Yoshitatsu. so oh,
0: yeah, he, he was just there. And more power to him because he went from about to be on a BS uh, competition show to debut on the main roster. And he was he was well used. Yeah. He was, he was, I even had his first shirt, which was like the, uh, welcome. The, the, like the, um, the evolution of Sandow or something where it started out like the, uh, the chimpanzee. And then it comes into Sandow standing there at the end wearing his robe. I still have it somewhere, but I thought Sandow was money. And when he won the money in the bank, I was so excited. He came the out with the, the leather, the, the leather, leather briefcase. Bound yeah. briefcase. And then they took it away from him. Like he could have been the arrogant champion cause he was kind of getting a vicious streak after he broke up with Cody Rhodes and Rhodes Scholars. Rhodes Scholars. Great tag team as well. And then they screwed the pooch, as WWE tends to do sometimes. It is wild to see Sandow. And it, and we had a Bob Backlund robe on, by the way. We were
1: talking to uh, Sandow um, uh, Aaron Stevens. Stevens. When we were at the NWA show, he went to go jump off the top rope against Trevor Murdoch, and his bootlace got caught in the top
0: turnbuckle. Scary shit. If you ever want to go back in time and just realize... How good we have it with CGI now. Oh, God. Watch this promo of the Ascension. The original NXT Ascension. And I had forgot. This is actually one of the reasons why I
1: wanted to do this. Because for the longest time I was like, oh shit, I didn't even realize that this is who the Ascension originally was. They say smiles, happiness, laughter. And and Bram, Tom Latimer looks so like fucking this man. So fucking little.
0: Uh, they say they are the gateways of the future. Connor O'Brien still never became a good promo in his entire career.
1: For a bigger guy, he was pretty good.
0: He could, right here, if he was pushed correctly, he could have been like a feud for the Undertaker. Oh this, yeah, with this cape, yeah. I, I did hate when they snarled and stuff like they were demons or something.
1: When we get to the when they get called up, when we get to that point when the Ascension gets called up to Raw and how they were kind of DOA because of the the fucking <sighs> they made him like Road Warrior esque. He has something black on his nose there. And it's I see that's driving me nuts.
0: But like they're like supposed Look to be how on small, top. Small Tom Latimer is supposed to be on top of the city, and it looks just crappy as crap. Like, come on, guys, they could have done better. The Ascension rises up next. Yeah, and Kenneth Cameron is Brand's, Brand's name, and Connor yes. O'Brien. Which Connor O'Brien always sounded like he was
1: Irish. We get a Raw rebound, guys. They they were notorious for doing this for a long time. Um, that and the did you knows. Yeah, did you know. The, we have, a, you know, 500 million fun- So this is super fucking topical right now. I'm so glad that we waited to record this episode. Just as Today. we're recording this episode in the last couple days, John Laurinaitis here is being shown as the focal point of Raw. And um, John Cena, they have their feud. I believe it's at, is it Capital Combat? Or not, is it Combat? Cap-
0: it's Capital, um... Capital punishment. punishment
1: and um, CM Punk is not in the main event. Yeah, People Power is, though. Good old skateboarding Johnny. Yeah, so uh, allegedly there's some allegations going on. <laughs> well, not even allegations. Hush there, there was hush money given, and there are deep, deep rooted pretty, uh, people doing investigating. Pretty sure Lauren Otis is going to take the fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, what it is is there was a woman that was like an intern. Um, or she was a paralegal that was working for WWE. Vince McMahon had she the was, hots for her. she was Laur-
0: Laurinaitis's assistant, or and something. apparently
1: Vince was hitting that, and then he was tossing her off to Laurinaitis as her as kind of like his plaything. Um,
0: I will tell you. Sorry to interrupt this, but during this time, Laurinaitis was a. Good heel. Good damn heel. And this whole people power and acting like he's hurt and all that stuff was actually good. I hated Laurinaitis for all the right reasons. Punk Punk was right in the middle of his
1: 434-day title reign when this happened. Not one mention of Punk is on this Raw Rebound. Yeah, it's all about Cena. Fucking David Otunga, NXT alum David Otunga, teaming with John Laurinaitis against John Cena. Which is it's weird to me
0: that they even put this on here for a .com show. At the time, yeah, I guess any kind of publicity. I mean, you got to put. Cena well, they might over. have been putting it out to other parts of the world too. You never know.
1: Um, I don't want to say we're close to the Raw 1000 episode as well. We're getting yeah, it's close to that where
0: he'll, he'll turns heel. Here's something else though. Otunga looked like money trash. Could not cut a promo. Mm-hmm. Was a terrible commentator. Not a great wrestler. Like I hope he's a great lawyer because he was not a great worker. No. And uh, he he pretty much stayed in the WWE for two reasons. His physique, and he was married to Jennifer Hudson. And then didn't and she think, cheat on him? Yeah, I think so. So, good for you,
1: Otonga. I feel like it's not a good idea to cheat on a lawyer, because they're going to mm-hmm. find any kind of way to get you. This is neon green scene, by the way, too. This, this whole Raw rebound is over three minutes long. Uh, but going back to the whole allegations thing, uh, apparently also there was talk of um, there might have been a reason why Stephanie had stepped down Triple H has kind of stepped down out of power. Uh, so I feel like a lot of this has been known for a while about these allegations. Mm-hmm. And then also you mentioned about
0: Kevin Dunn. Well, they've been they've been technically doing this investigation since April. It's just now came out, which tells you all you really need to know. But apparently Kevin, Kevin Dunn sold a bunch of stock in May after they started the investigation in April. So he got ahead of the probe technically. So technically he could be charged with insider trading. For selling his stock, knowing something was going on,
1: and then on top of that, um, yeah, it just it, 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 does Nick Khan take over
0: WWE? No, because I mean, he got oh. rid of Shane. I mean, he's pretty much pushed everyone out. I don't know. <laughs> Bruce Prichard's going to end up with the company. <laughs> God help us. I hate this entrance. By I, I fucking love it. Uh, it's different. The the way they keep
1: cutting in just random Dude, pictures. No, I, them, I fucking love it. I think I think it's they want to try something different. It makes them feel like a big deal. I like it. And I not know. Fucking, we get the Ascension. Who is Connor O'Brien? Who becomes Connor of the uh, of more so the, the the later tag team of the Ascension Jeez. and Kenneth Cameron, who we talked about, is Tom Latimer. The light
0: in his hand is is cool, but I'm like.
1: What, dude? I like it. I, I I don't know. I I like this tag team a lot, uh, but uh, Bram, Tom Latimer, uh he uh, Bram, 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 Bram. bram. Uh, he uh, he runs into some trouble. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to that when it happens, but. Great guy. I met him recently. Uh, We saw him at the uh, uh, World Champion Tan. NWS. Yes, yes. I said. I remember yelling, um, "That man's so tan. Give him the belt." And someone just gave me a
0: weird look. They didn't get it. He has his belly button pierced now, so he
1: does have that that neon, like orange uh, barbell through his belly button. So that was interesting. But he looks like his body type right there is more
0: like a Seth Rollins.
1: Now this is fucking wild. Who they are taking on? They are taking on C.J. Parker and Mike Dalton. C.J. Parker, who goes on to be Juice Robinson. Mm. And then Mike Dalton back there, who goes on to be Prince Pretty, Tyler Breeze. Yeah,
0: both had uh impressive—C.J. Parker didn't really have the impressive run in uh, NXT I WWE. Actually, I, I, dug I, his, enjoy, I enjoyed it. The I, dirty hippie. Yeah, I, the, the give-a-piece-of-chance guy. And then, But he's had a hell of a run in New Japan. Uh, Tyler Breeze got the WrestleJushin Thunder Liger in— The first— Big takeover in Brooklyn. Liger's only WWE match. That's cool. That's a cool uh, so, little uh, feather to have in your cap. That tells you they trusted him to wrestle Liger and take care of him. So I, I loved. I loved the Tyler Breeze gimmick. The song. Everything I'm was, really excited was, to get into great. all that just because all that
1: stuff is really awesome. But Mike Dalton was really close to being fired, yes. He had made comments about that. I do, I think they look like a million bucks. That the Ascension looks great. Tom Latimer, I think he's just
0: man, he has put so much bulk on, he is yeah, so much bigger Seth, now. Seth Rollins build right there. He's like really, his legs are really small, lanky almost. Yeah, but he's just, he
1: just he, he has a lot more girth now. Very jacked yeah, up guy, girth. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. boy, got thick. So I'll kind of go over here real quick. So we talked about him being released. Tom Latimer was released from his NXT contract in November. So we're only in June. He's gone by November after being charged with uh, with battery of a law uh, battery of a law enforcement officer and disorderly contact in St. Pete, Florida.
0: Yeah, and then he got le- he was married to Charlotte. He was married to Charlotte at the time. Like he dude just had an anger problem, I guess, in his younger years, but. He even has belly button pierced there, by the way. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, he's so much bigger now. He doesn't even look like him, which is wild. But it it, it, times change. But like, he was, he he had some problems back then because he gets in trouble with for uh, essentially him and Charlotte have some domestic problems. He got in trouble in TNA for some problems with anger Uh, that kind of followed him around until now. And and he's married to Camille. He's married to Camille. He's he's at the top of the NWA like. He's got Royal Champion Tan. But, like, <laughs> the guy, the, this tag team had money written all over it. I
1: think they, they've, I know their whole, they're supposed to be dark. They shouldn't have all black gear. I feel like it just kind of, it, it makes them kind of blend in. They would have had something different color-wise. I think would have stood out a little bit more. I will say this. So, the original Ascension, they formed August 28, 2011 at a FCW event. Ricardo Rodriguez of, uh... Alvra, Alberto, Alberto Del Rigo De- De- fan, De- form, Rio. form the, uh, the stable called The Ascension with Kenneth Cameron, Connor O'Brien, Tito Colon, who is Epico, and Raquel Diaz, who is Shao Guerrero. Guerrero.
0: Some uh, legacy in there.
1: And we get our very first look at Bray Wyatt. This promo here is probably one of the best things you'll
0: see on this entire show. It is so damn good. And this is before he has a family, the the family and everything, like... Like it's just him in this video. Like you get more as you, you know go along, but it's just like back. Looks like back road Louisiana. It's probably back roads Florida somewhere down there. Everglades. But what like, it looks like to me, he's just standing in the middle of a river probably with crocodiles, cutting this promo. But like, I remember when I first saw Bray Wyatt, and this kind of ties into Wrestling Ruin, where what we just covered. But he gave me strong Wailing Mercy vibes because I remember Wailing Mercy a lot of kids. Never saw Whale and Mercy, so this was probably all like, what? But the the Hawaiian shirts, the kind of weird rambles, like reminded me a lot of Whale and Mercy. But Bray Wyatt was money from the time he started this gimmick. And I think it's cool to go back and watch a lot of those um, those dusty.
1: Here's more of this. Did you know? Since its release, the WrestleMania 28 DVD has been the number one selling
0: sports DVD in the U.S. Yeah, DVDs. Not really a thing anymore. Ten years ago, bud. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> it's crazy because, like, streaming services now are everything, which is what we're watching on. We're watching this on our Peacock. Oh, my God. Derek so, Bateman.
1: We get this really awkward promo with Derek Bateman and Johnny Curtis. <laughs> Derek Bateman walks into the bathroom.
0: It's, it's great, though. I love <laughs> Johnny Curtis. <laughs> Johnny Curtis just standing there looking at the side of the urinal, calling this his office, comes out, like, putting his fingers in his mouth, wiping, wiping his, his yeah, mouth, wife, spits in the urinal. And then, like, (laughs) looks at himself. And then, like, they walk out. He's like, are you going to wash your hands? He, like, wipes (laughs) them on him, Wipes them on his feet.
1: Dude, he is so good. And, like, he puts off the gimmick of, I don't care. And this is pre-Fandango. This is Johnny Curtis. And I almost feel like you could have used Johnny Curtis in a
0: better way than Fandango. Well, Johnny Curtis debuted on SmackDown. Correct? Wasn't he, like, had something to do with Mark Henry? I don't remember. He he cut some promos and stuff, and then, like, uh, he got put on NXT, but, like, look how much taller he is than uh, Bateman. Dude, he's a tall guy, just from Mm. him coming to NGW shows, uh, which, if you guys don't know,
1: I'm involved with a wrestling show called Next Gen TN,
0: Next Generation Wrestling. Derek Bateman here, he he looked like a star if he just cut that hair. But, like, he had the build. Like, I mean, to me, Derek Bateman had charisma, but it was this, like, weird, nerdy, almost, charisma as Derek Bateman. When he became EC3 in Impact, TNA, that's when he became the swarmy heel. Yeah, he anyway. got a character. He, re- he really found himself. Here he's trying to be that frat, frat boy almost. Like, I'm going to be a nice guy, but I'm a frat boy dumbass. And, I mean, he's, like, a guy you probably want to drink beer with. Johnny Curtis just standing there cocking his head, licking his lips at him is... So much fun. That's what I'm saying. If you want to go back and watch NXT Redemption, Johnny Curtis is t- the highlight. He tells him to stay out of there. Stay out of his office. Are you gonna, are you gonna wash your hands? Because they were few. Was- they were feuding over Maxine to begin with, and then it becomes Caitlyn. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bateman It's like he tried to do things to break Bateman. Oh yeah. And like, cause he he knows all it, but Bateman loses it. And we actually get a fantastic main event here. A hell of a legacy with main event, too. Tyson
1: Kidd versus uh, Michael McGillicuddy, a.k.a. Curtis Axel. I could argue that they would have been a pretty good tag team together.
0: Well, and you also got to look here, too. He almost he did the little Triple H water spit there. But um, McGillicuddy, they go in and explain his whole heritage here, which pisses me off. Because his name is Michael fucking McGillicuddy. Which used to call me Michael McGillicuddy because... You look just like him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but like, my thing is, is you're going to go in there and talk about how his dad is Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. And talk about his how his grandfather is um, Larry, Larry the Axe Henning. But you're gonna then you're going to sit here and tell me, belief believe his last name is McGillicuddy?
1: If, I'm sorry. When I look on a, a board and I see the name Michael McGillicuddy, I don't think Man of No, I don't. Uh, that that last name sucks. I will Mike Henning, If they would call him Mike Henning.
0: or, or since Joe, he I, mean, his, I mean, if they couldn't use Joe Henning or whatever, but even like when you call him Kurt, I mean, could have called, I mean, Curtis Axel wasn't a bad name. No, it's a better. It's a better name than McGillicuddy. And Kennedy. I think what killed him is really being put with Paul Heyman at the time. Like they thought Paul Heyman had the magic touch with everyone, and Kurt, Curtis Axel and Heyman were pretty good. But then you throw Ryback in there, yeah, and that started killing it. And if they would have kept it like Cesaro and, and Curtis Axel or something like that, it'd have been really good. Like I think Curtis Axel kind of won the belt because Fondango got a concussion. That was supposed to be Fandango's night. Yep. And then he got a concussion, and then who, they had to pivot. Where, where did he get the concussion? I can't remember now. Well, I think it was on like the Raw or something the week previous or something. But like he was he was supposed to win the Intercontinental Title, and then it didn't happen. Because he had just come off the feud with Jericho and all that stuff, his damn song was like number one on iTunes. Yeah, number one on iTunes. Like it was the logical progression to make him. They're going to make him the Intercontinental Champion, and I think Fondango's Intercontinental Champion is something I hate. I didn't see because I feel like it would have been money. Him and Summer Rae with the Intercontinental title and all that stuff would have just been good. The the ironic thing with all of this right now is this is ten years ago.
1: Both these guys are fucking agents now yep. for WWE, Producers. and apparently Tyson Kidd is a fucking really good one.
0: Yeah, he does a lot of the um, uh, women's matches, and he was doing a lot of the Cruiserweight stuff, too, before they got rid of the whole Cruiser 205 Live. Um, Michael McGillicuddy was losing his hair back ten years ago, so he needs to keep a hat on now. Well, we don't. We didn't even touch on the whole fact that he was Mania and he was super over. He's super as over.
1: Axlemania. Who was 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 Sandow? He's Savage, still in the Rumble, they, man.
0: And they did the fucking. Uh, they did the, the Mega Power yep. shake. But but uh, Axlemania's still in the Rumble, man. He never got he never a limited was. at that time. But Tyson Kidd, great worker, very very underrated. His tag team with Cesaro was tremendous. I just. I hate that he was injured, and especially by somebody like Samoa Joe, who probably no intentions of hurting anyone. But like, it? it, it the Muscle Buster was banned after that, pretty much. But yeah,
1: it was just a freak accident. I mean, I got to think how many people have taken the
0: Muscle Buster. He's well, married to Natalia. He's part of the Hart Legacy, Hart Dynasty, if you want to say. Got it in there again, but um, I really think that D H Smith leaving kind of hurt Tyson Kidd because they were having that feud. When Superstars was actually
1: good, really good. That's when Daniel Bryan was pop Remember Daniel Bryan, we'd watch it specifically for Daniel Bryan's
0: matches on there because the ending to their match is the ninety two SummerSlam finish. Remember, he yep. fall, he falls over and grabs the legs because Tyson Kidd has the heater that you never see again. He has that huge guy, oh, like I, seven foot I one. I completely forgot about all of that. Yep, he he had that heater and like he was, it was being pushed as like a little swarmy hill. Almost in a vein of Shawn Michaels, and then they just kind of killed it. I can't even think who it was. I don't even it's know if they bug- ever said his name. It's going to bug like, the shit out of me. But Tyson Kidd was Tyson Kidd is a phenomenal worker, and he's when he comes back. I don't know if he ever leaves, but when he has, he's involved in the the championship championship run with. Um, they're having the Fatal Four Ways with the Sami Zayn, him. Uh, Neville and who's the other? Or somebody else? Tyler Breeze, isn't that the four? Yes. They have like Sammy, you know. yeah,
1: yeah, Oh man, that, that's actually that, one of my favorite matches. That's
0: a great damn match. Um so like there's no, no shortage of um wrestling ability in here right now, but these two guys hadn't really found themselves. But when he comes back as Cesaro's partner with the headphones and wearing the cats on his sleeves doing and doing the hand gestures and stuff as a run up. What was the name of their tag team? Uh, I don't think they had a name, did they? Yeah, they called themselves something. I can't remember. But that ref is now on WWF television all the time. Like it's funny to see that too, because not just the not just the performers themselves in the ring, but the refs are also um, also training in NXT and being pulled up and everything else. Because you remember the uh, was it the African American guy that breaks his ankle? Doesn't he come to SmackDown and then he like botches a bunch of stuff and they fire him? I can't remember. Uh, I'm... But, like...
1: Here we go. So, in 2010, he had a a bodyguard who debuted who went by the name Jackson Andrews.
0: Yeah, but he was huge... And, and a, he
1: was actually feuding with uh, Daniel Bryan for the U.S. title, so he was doing a lot of stuff. Um, I was going to ask you this because this match is about fifteen minutes long, so we got some, we
0: got yeah, a little they, bit of time here. They never had a name, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd never had a name. They, they called themselves the Brass Ring Club for a little bit because that was right in the middle of everybody was supposed to reach up and grab the brass ring and all that fun stuff. But they um they what, were they were tremendous heels.
1: Where do you rank? Um, Joe with Larry and Kurt, like what? What, what would? You, I mean, it's it's really hard not to put Kurt as number one. Kurt's
0: number one regardless. And I like, think
1: I would have to say that Curtis or Michael McGillicuddy would be number two. I think he definitely surpassed his um, uh, grandfather.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing: Michael McGillicuddy's never going to be in a Hall of Fame. His grandfather's no. in the Hall of Fames everywhere. And But it was a different time. I've never seen a lot of Larry to the accent in work, but he was always brought up on WCW television by Larry Sabisco and stuff and everything. So I, I, me, man, I'm going to put McGillicuddy third just because I don't feel like he made the impact that the company really thought he could make. He's one of those that he came to NXT and he didn't stay here long because he went back to the main roster. But he just never got his footing on the main roster. Something always happened. They broke him in, was it Ryback? is what they called themselves? Broke them up. Then it becomes Axelmania. He gets over, and then they cut that out from underneath him. So, like, I don't know, man. I, I'd say Larry the Axe is over him. I'd put him third. Um, isn't there another... No, there's not another Hanny. I'm thinking of the DiBiassis. There's a bunch of DiBiassis that were in wrestling. Well,
1: speaking of DiBiase, do you think they could have done a Legacy 2.0? They could have done Curtis. They could have done Tyson. They could have added someone like Bo as like a. I mean, Bo's kind of the odd man out with all this. I mean, I feel like these guys would. Pretty would. I think they would gel very well, well together.
0: They could have. They could have done something when Orton left the group. They could have either. I think Cody was still too young to be the mouth point at that mouthpiece at that point. But imagine like DeBiosi, Rhodes, Henning, um, even you could throw Tyson Kidd in there, and you could have like this, like this, just a legacy group or something. They could have called it. I they could have called it something besides Legacy. But them having that would have been pretty cool. Because wasn't there plans at one time to have like a, a new Heart Foundation with, but it wasn't going to be all of them weren't going to be Hearts. They were going to be um, just legacy family members. Well, I
1: think it'd be pretty cool if you did it now. I mean, if Tyson was still working, but you have Harry
0: Smith, who we also saw when the tag titles at, the uh who, who got re-signed to WWE and they did never, nothing. Did nothing. He had a dark match, cut a promo on WWE.com, and then he was released. Looks like a million bucks. Funniest thing about that that whole uh,
1: taping and everything we went Stupid to, guy. where that guy looks at me and he goes, he's like, British Bulldog wants his gear back. I'm like, well, first of all, he's dead. I'm like, second of all, that's his son. son? He goes, really? I'm like, look at him. He looks yeah. just like He baby. was wearing
0: his dad's... Heart Foundation cut off jacket, which was bad. It was fucking ass. cool, it was. It cool. said Heart, it said Bulldog and Heart Foundation, and I
1: was like, man, that is awesome. Could you, um, could you have thought of Harry Tyson and Pillman Jr. as no. a fucking group? That would, that would have been, been third
0: it Italian there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, I remember when Orton was doing Legacy. What is that? Oh seven oh eight. They brought in Manu. And yeah. Then he didn't make it. And then they were going to bring in Brett DiBiase. And then they just cut it back and just Well, said Brett it was did that. Be,
1: didn't Brett do that thing where he came in through the crowd at SummerSlam?
0: Yeah. And then they never did nothing. Yeah. After they never that, never like, his shoulders were up rough. Mon- Manu was like a part of it. And then when they attack Orton or attack Punk backstage, and he kicked it, him it, with he the he punt, he kicks him with the punt. You don't ever see Manu. I much think he, he kicks him out. He kicks him out because he got in trouble for something. I think it was a wellness violation. Them damn Samoans. <laughs> and their whatever problems and their but, alcohol problems, but um, I mean, they've had so many legacy people that didn't, but you got to think, man. And, and I know it sounds like I'm rambling here, but his son was never going to live up to Mr. Perfect. Oh, no, no, like they could put, they could, Which I think it was almost could, a detriment to keep saying he's Mr. Perfect's yeah, like son.
1: I said, I get why they're calling him uh, Michael McGillicuddy, but they could have not mentioned the fact that he was Perfect's son
0: because, like you said, it kind of paints him into a corner. Well, then they pull the whole Rocky Maivia and call him Curtis Axel, like Kurt, Henning, and, and Larry Ax- Lair the Axe, Ax, which that name sounds cooler than Rocky Maivia. It's Like saying. a lot. So we were talking, too, about tag
1: teams. Right around this time, Tyson Kidd was actually teaming with Justin Gabriel, which is another great tag team. Yep. Um, and they were actually teaming up on the old episodes of NXT and on the main roster. Uh, Justin Gabriel got hurt, so he was out. And that's something you don't really hear about much anymore.
0: Um, PJ Black. yeah I think it was an ROH and then ROH went under and he was working, heard a he about him. And also in Lucha
1: Underground. I yep. believe
0: he was. So I don't think it was PJ Black. There it was something else, but he had this weird, like almost like viking gimme like a viking helmet out and stuff it's kind of weird i
1: know he had like his hair was like dyed white or something like that or yeah yeah, something like that
0: it was kind of weird
1: which is interesting though because like i said this is in june of 2012 this is creeping up on the 10-year anniversary on june 29th on the smackdown edition from june 29th tyson kidd actually defeated jack swagger to qualify for the money in the bank ladder match for the world heavyweight title it's pretty cool so he's doing a lot of big things right now. And I want to say, like I said, Justin Gabriel still hurt. So that's why he's been kind of doing these little things. But this is a good way to get it more, him more exposure, get him more ring time, go in there and just show that he's killing it. And it's hard to tell him. Maybe one of these matches he had on here actually propelled him to get a a,
0: be- a better shot. God, he almost landed on his that's damn a, head. That's a Mr. Perfect spot, though. It is. He would take those kicks to the leg and then do the arm flip. Like, he did that with Brad at SummerSlam way too many times with a bad back. But he did it. Um Also, while we're talking about this, do you remember the show, that Saturday Morning Slam show that only lasts like not even a year? I remember they wrestled on there one time, yeah, and remember, Daniel Bryan was talking about bears and bears, bear hug and being bear hugs. being the master of the small package and different things. Well, I about
1: to go watch. It. I forgot all about mm-hmm. that. That's some good shit. And that, but that was cool, man, because like it was at a time when someone like Daniel Bryan wasn't really getting the accolades he really deserved. But we would seek out to watch matches. I remember, I think you and I uh, looked forever for Bragging Rights so we could watch the the um, SmackDown because back when they would release Blu-rays, they would show the SmackDown before. And the... Or was it after? I can't remember. It was before? It of the SmackDown before and then the Raw
0: after. They'd yeah. have highlights, or they might put the whole shows on there.
1: Because we we had that match up from Bragging Rights with uh, Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, and they wrestled each other on the Bragging Rights, Raw, then SmackDown, and each match got progressively better. But I feel like we don't have, like... It's not like that much anymore. I, I feel like... I don't know if it's just because it's oversaturated or what.
0: No, but I will tell you, J.R. sounds is in his element right here calling this match. Him and Regal are actually really good together. And it has
1: a throwback feel
0: to it. Yeah, and l- I, l- I like Regal continuing his, like, Englishman with, you know, whatever manners because he keeps calling uh, uh, J.R. Mr. Ross yes. and stuff like that, which is a, is a change of pace. It's a you-
1: good heel thing to do, but and also, like you said, it's like, Look at oh, look at is. that! that oh, that nice. springboard moonsault in the middle of the ring. Look, the crowd is hot. Tyson Kidd shining, man. Not one Tope suicida in this match either. No, not twenty super
0: kicks, which we do get those in NXT in later years, but we're we're quite a bit away from yeah. that. But like, you got a guy down here with a spinner WWE championship, which he would be ridiculed mercilessly. At NXT back in the day, like about 2017, 2018. They blew, let's start our belt, start our belt. <laughs> I'll never forget standing in the line for, uh, down there and watching Michael Hayes walk by and not talk to anybody. I wouldn't talk to any of those fuckers <laughs> either. <laughs> Who we'll gets nicks? And then he just kept around, like, dick, 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 just right, right on in there. Oh, yeah, the
1: coolest thing when we get to that, too, is also seeing, um... only Lurkin part right beside us. yeah, him. with a bit, with a, uh, a Kevin Nash, uh... <laughs> NWO air freshener um, in his in his van or something. Yeah, I want I want to talk about this because this is kind of a, a thing that's been going on a lot lately. Uh, Michael McGillicuddy puts Tyson in a sharpshooter here, and he totally locks it completely wrong. No oh, yeah, he it's it's fucking terrible. How do people constantly get the sharpshooter wrong? It's one of the most iconic finishing moves of all time.
0: He How- honestly probably had never put it on though. And, like, you got to think about that. Like, and then the heat of the moment, and he probably didn't think. But, like, someone like a Dax Harwood that sits there and watches Brett matches and stuff all the time, he's going to get it right. And Michael McGillicuddy probably, Tyson was probably like, put me in the sharpshooter. Oh, up, oh, trying to go for the perfect plex. Oh, reversed his package. Look at this small package right that here. You notice how they changed the camera angle because his shoulders were yep. down? But he counted yeah, anyway.
1: Icing. One, I now I, he's gonna put it on right. I know he he actually calls this a different move. I had never seen him use this. Oh, he calls this the, the dungeon, dungeon lock. lock, and it's like a triangle choke and a sharpshooter at the same time. And he it, kicks him in the head.
0: It looks really cool. He kicked him in the head too. That was that was a damn good match. Um, it probably doesn't get the love it's supposed to, just because these guys weren't considered it's big stars. Big stars, but like for what NXT is and what it's going to become. There's a. Seth Rollins fan right there, this blonde hair in his face, but like they went for the, they did the sharpshooter, they went for the perfect plex. Like there's there these these are matches they probably want to have, but they can't have on the main roster because time. one they're not going to have the TV time, and two they're competing with John Cena, Randy Orton, all these people for TV time. Which
1: is the wild thing is you have a three hour Raw show and you still can't manage to find the time
0: to showcase all of your talent. That, that, that is, is so great. That's cool. But like Tyson Kidd, man, definitely were underrated. Like he he could do it all. Like I just Vince McMahon is never going to put him in the main event just because he's not got the size. I mean that's just the that's just the be all end all to it there. But like he they just put on a damn good match. Also fuck the Cowboys guy wearing the jersey in the front row.
1: I think the the coolest thing about all of this is. That was an hour long episode, and it fucking Fle- flew by. by. You uh, you introduced uh, a new star in Bo Dallas. You introduced a new tag team with the Ascension. You got Damian Sandow over by not doing anything. His you he got his Hillish uh, stuff over, so that was and I like that and an awesome main event as well. On top of that, so um, match of the night. I mean, it's pretty obvious what the match of the night is.
0: That's going to be old uh, Tyson Kidd and uh, and uh, Michael McGillicuddy.
1: Who would you think would be the the next star from just watching this episode? I mean, kind of the main event match aside, who would you think?
0: Just out of the people we saw? Yes. Um, To me, if I was watching this cold, there's only, like, the two people that stick out the most are, to me, the Ascension or Damian Sandow. And Sandow probably... Just because he was he was getting the heat they wanted him to get immediately. Yeah, the the crowd still didn't really know what to think about the ascension. I think they were kind of yeah, you're fighting and not to disgrace Mike Dalton and a CJ Parker, but they were enhancement talent at that yep. point in the ring. Um, like Sandow didn't even have to have a match, and he got more heat than anybody on the show. And all he did was come out with his microphone say some big words and tell Jason Jordan he wasn't worthy of wrestling. And I think if you're watching this, sh- to me, if you're watching this show blind and just, you know, Sandow would have been it. And that's why I feel like he was dropped the ball on when he went to WWE you know, towards the end of his run, especially.
1: I, I would have to definitely say uh, Sandow was uh, was the kind of the, the thing that in, would have intrigued me watching this call and be like, oh, Who's that guy? oh my God he's an asshole. like immediately you got the, what his gimmick was um, and uh, I just I just think it was it was it was really good. That's episode one man we we rolled through that like it, it flew by. We got promos for uh, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt debuting on the next episode. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the next episode which I'm really excited to well, kind of
0: see it, how it all builds and probably 85% of the people on this show right now, become integral parts of NXT at some point in their career. The only person that really doesn't become an integral part, well, Sandow leaves. You can't really consider that, but Mike Dalton becomes Tyler Breeze. CJ Parker has a good run. He's on a lot of takeovers because he's a good worker. And I mean, Juice Robinson. I mean, and then you've got Tyson Kidd and McGillicutty are just there for their name value, so I don't really consider them... NXT people, but Rick Victor becomes part of the Ascension, um, and Connor O'Brien and him become. I don't. Know, I don't know if they're still the longest reigning tag team champions of all time, but they were for the longest time. I, I think. So. I think that it's been
1: taken by somebody else now. But yeah, I mean, and then you have Tom Latimer for better or for worse. I mean, as Bram and Tom Latimer, he, he's had a very successful career outside and, of WWE, and Bo
0: Dallas had the longest reign as NXT champion for the longest time. Because when he loses the belt, that's what he keeps holding over everybody's head. And, like, he loses, the loser leaves, leaves NXT match. And they drag like, him off in the golf cart. <laughs> and he's screaming, I'm the longest rated NXT champion! And, like, Regal's telling him he's got to go. And, the thing is, the
1: character of Bo Dallas evolves to what really he should be because they're almost trying to shove him
0: down your throat to him being like, My smile. Believe. I hate that whole thing because... Like, I don't care about your smile. I don't think anybody in the year 2012 is caring about a wrestler's smile and how it lights up a room. Like, you're pushing him as a baby face, but with that, you're planting the seeds of a heel, and they're not meaning to. this point, they're trying to get over his lineage to the Wyndham's. And, like, that's another thing. Like, if you're going to push these guys, and it's, it's a knock on WWE's always had it, and seeing things like this is, like, if you're going to push these guys as these guys' family – why is he not Bo Windham? Yeah. Why is McGillicuddy not Joe Henning or something Henning or what? You know, I just don't understand and, that. Unless I
1: can think that they think in their opinion. They want their own identities, too. Well, they're thinking their own identity, but they want a little bit of a rub. So they're like, Why well, some guy who is watching, like, well, hell, I know who IRS is. I know who fucking Barry Wyndham is. Mm. Oh, yeah. Boom.
0: Like, as crap, which is funny because they just showed the pictures from that and i watching that. <laughs> but, like. And, like, man, you can think about it. Bo Dallas and, and McGillicuddy could have been a tag team just based on their families uh, being world tag team champions before. Because Wyndham and uh, Henning were WCW world tag champs on a couple of occasions. But, like, that that tie, never tied in. But, like, there's so much. I want to say the beginning of NXT is a lot about the legacies of the kids that are there. Because a lot of these guys are related Two uh, Hall of Famers or their third, second, third generation, which they never mentioned Bray Wyatt is related to anybody, which is good because it allowed him to create his own identity. But if you remember back to Husky Harris and all that stuff, which they never talk about either, which is to me, if you're going to separate a guy from everything he's ever done before, you've changed his gimmick like they did, but you don't mention any of that stuff for him. Because no. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to give these kids the rub off their family's name. But to me, it all automatically sets them up to, I've got to live up to Mr. Perfect. I've got to live up to, Jing, I must live up to an IRS. Sorry. Sorry, Rotunda. Sorry, IRS. Now, Captain Mike Rotunda is a different story. But, uh, <laughs> but you got to understand, like, I would be like, please don't tell everybody this. Because I'm already living with that in my head. Now I've got to live that in front of the screen that I've got to try to live up to these people. Yeah. And, uh, Bo Dallas eventually separates himself with his whole Bo leave and, and his little, his heel gimmick. And he, he becomes a hell of a champ. Don't get me wrong. There's a question I want to pose Cause I'm looking at the
1: screen and I see our next episode, we get the debut of Seth Rollins and th- we can kind of end it on this and kind of leave the question in the air, but we're going to go ahead and answer. I, I mean, I don't care either. Um, what do you think the trajectory would have been if Seth Rollins would not have joined the shield?
0: I think he would have stayed NXT champion for quite a while.
1: Do you think he would be where he is now? Do you think that shield rub helped him?
0: Oh yeah. The shield, the shield put over Rollins hard because without the shield, you don't get the, him turning on the shield and him becoming the ultimate ultimate heel. He doesn't become the face of the authority. Like, Seth Rollins without The Shield is not the Seth Rollins we have now. He would have never been the star he is now without The Shield. And that may be a controversial take, but that's just how I feel. Without him getting that and getting that main event push, him coming in by himself to WWE. Great worker. worker. He would have got lost in the shuffle, especially with this I'm a rock star headbanging gimmick. Like when he comes in as The Shield, which they quickly separate him from CM Punk. Them from CM Punk, which was a good idea. I think that was better for them in the long run. But, like, to me, as much as I didn't like Reigns at the beginning, I didn't feel like he fit, I feel like he was the better choice because I don't feel like Cassius Ono would have stuck around long enough for the shield to become and that, as hot as it was. And that may have been
1: kind of... Uh, that's an interesting talking point. We'll save that for when we see Cassie Sono pop oh up here. Oh no! Oh no! But yeah, man. So that's the first episode, Travis. Um, I'm not sure how to end. How do, how do you want to end this episode? Do, you, do we want to push some shit over, or do you want to like we do in Wrestling Ruined,
0: or do you want to? Yeah, go ahead. Well, we'll put some. We'll put some shit over. First of all, we we have another podcast out there. You may know us from that. It's called Wrestling Ruined, where we are currently in the middle of uh, 1995, steamrolling towards King of the Ring 1995. We, we
1: are on the cusp of the King of the Ring 1995 and uh, Great American Bash 1995. Which is
0: actually the next episode we have to record. So, um, I, Wrestling Ruin is also a passion project, but there's a lot more bad on that show than there is good. I feel like I would take any anything we just watched on this
1: 43 minute long episode then over half the stuff we've seen on
0: on Raw. Don't get us wrong and you check this out for yourself. It's kind of a watch along show that we do here but like there's actually some pretty good stuff in 95 that we just didn't remember. Owen Hart's Jeff Jeff, Jarrett Owen Hart Jeff Jarrett Razor Ramon Bret Hart is is dealing with the shittest of booking ever but is trying to make it great. Bob Backlund you don't don't see The Undertaker uh, that much. I mean that you can check it out. I mean, it's it, to us. It's it's fun. Like we we cut up our buddy Brandon's on there with us. That Canadian cook, um, <laughs> but he also has a podcast, for Rants from the Black Lodge. which You probably heard the uh, promo for earlier, but sometimes Eddie makes a sporadic appearance on there and talks about the the tallies of uh, things that are uh, exposed on. Camera talking about boobies, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and then I I have a wrestling store pretty much on eBay. I sell a bunch of stuff TGL the man 12. Um, and we have a toy show coming up in August, I believe it's August 20th, and uh, we'll be selling our wares here in uh, the old state of Tennessee. So be sure to keep up with all that. And I think that's about it for me. Oh, and uh, we also make uh, appearances on it's a podcast called The Wrestling Purist. We just uh, did uh, Great American Bash 2000, and, and I'm actually, Eddie covers NXT for them on there. I so. do.
1: It's actually one of the ideas for this show was after doing um, one of their NXT shows and just talking about how much I love this brand so much, and uh, in a it was such a gleaming light for me to kind of find something that was mine that was, you know, 45 minutes of of a show that you can just watch and and then you can kind of just digest it and move on. Uh, so much so that when they would film these shows, I wouldn't read the results. I would not intentionally not read them so I could watch no. them and be surprised, which is unheard of yeah. on a show that's taped. You know, they would do their tapings just like they did in Raw in 95. They would do three tapings at a time. Um, but...
0: Well, and, and our plan is... We're gonna go through to NXT 2.0. That includes the takeovers and all that fun stuff too. So, and we're a long
1: way and, away and from well, that because I believe yeah. the first takeover is in February of 2014. So, so. we're already
0: midway through June of uh, almost July of 2012. And I'm not gonna lie, like I, I loved NXT, but Eddie was a bigger fan of the beginning of it. And there's, some I would of, recommend it to you. There There's some of these episodes that I will probably be watching for the first time because. I just didn't make time for it back then. And then when I did sit down and start watching it, I got more and more involved in it. But like, he he put it over huge to me to begin with. And I was like, oh man, I'll watch it. And then I didn't have time. And then he'd already watched and he'd tell me what happened. And then, you know, things spiral. But like, towards the end of this year is when I first started watching it heavy. So, um, but yeah, some of these episodes and, and you'll be, fans out there will be surprised at some of the names that pop up in here. Some of them make it, some of them don't. And it's, um, especially like Cassius Ono, he becomes, he's super skinny here, best shape of his life, leaves, comes back, he's oh, quite a bit heavier, blah, 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 and different things, but like, he has some of the most talked about stuff in NXT with him and Regal and different things, and just didn't pan out like it was supposed to, but I mean, we'll catch up with all that as we go along, but, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing some of this stuff for the first, especially some of these terrible promo packages, yeah, I will say some the Bray White one was fantastic, but the Ascension Monster. we
1: uh like I said Wrestling Ruin at uh, at Wrestling Ruin on social media. Follow us on um uh dot net, our awesome uh buddy at Project Louder TJ Bowser, I came to him with this idea, said, hey, man, um, out of respect to you, I really want to do this podcast. And if uh, we have your blessing and your support, we can put it on Project Louder. If not, by all means, I completely understand. And he was all about it. He actually helped come up with name for this podcast. So thank you, uh, TJ, for um, believing in myself and Travis mm-hmm. to do another podcast on uh, this awesome network of yours. Um, NGW as well, guys, I had mentioned uh next Gen T N uh we uh, we've been running wrestling shows since two thousand fourteen. Yep. Um pretty consistently to big name stars, guys like uh Matt Cross is our champion right now, Rich Schwann, um Dirty Dango we were just speaking of. Uh Shane Strickland was our was a previous world champion of ours. Johnny Gargano. John, Johnny Gargano. I mean the the list goes on and on. Cody and Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. And um but, yeah, uh, definitely check us out. We have our show coming up, Our, our kind of like our WrestleMania. It's Uncivil War 7 uh, coming up here in um, what in July 24th. So it's creeping up in Knoxville. Yep. Um, but, yeah, feel free to check us out at NextGenTN.net. Um, I haven't got any social media set up for this yet for our new podcast here. you uh follow me uh, at Travis Lasseter on Twitter at yes. this point if you want to yell at me about NXT. Um, you can block them like Joel Osteen has and right and Ryback. Or, and, Ryback. Uh, and Goldberg for some reason. I never even said anything to Goldberg. I'm definitely going to make us some social medias for this. So after this first episode rolls through, uh, when we record again, I'll definitely have all that stuff up. Shout out to Cody Ford, who also does, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much his baby with NGW, uh, for making graphics for us for this show. I'm really excited about that. Um, but until then guys, um, we're going to keep watching, keep, uh, keep up with NXT and, uh, this is the NXT Evolution, the rise and demise of the black and gold brand. I'm Eddie. This is Travis. We'll see you guys. Bye. Bye.